<laughs> We're in week three of a series called You Make the Call. And I've been talking about how God is in control of everything, but God does not control our lives, that we get to make choices. Sometimes those choices are really good. Sometimes they're really bad. Sometimes we make choices that really help us out. Sometimes we make choices that hurt us. But nevertheless, God allows us the freedom to make our own choices. It's our call to make when it comes to difficult things in life. He leaves it up to us. And anger is a choice that all of us have to make. Anger can get you into trouble. Anger can be a help or anger can be a hindrance in life. You can have the good kind of anger, the bad kind of anger. Anger can help relationships or it can hurt relationships. There's the kind of anger that we take out on other people and other things. Like in my house, I take out my anger on our dog. And not that I don't love the dog. Yeah, it is that I don't love the dog. I love my kids. So we have a dog. And and for some reason, she gets my wrath. So a lot of us deal with the kind of anger that, that we give out to other people, that we take out on other people. And that is our choice. It's completely our call to make. There's the kind of anger that's good, the kind of anger that motivates people to act and get out of their seat and do something. There's the kind of anger that leaves a line of regret a mile long. There's different kinds of anger. In a football game, unsportsmanlike conduct is called when a player goes against the rules, disrupts the game, gets in a fight, gets angry, and he gets called for unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, on the playing field of faith, unsportsmanlike conduct is when we don't channel our anger in the right direction. When we don't do that, it can really disrupt our life. When it comes to anger, you get to choose. Am I going to have good anger? Am I going to have bad anger? The Bible talks about both. Talks about good anger, talks about bad anger. Just like some of you may go to the doctor and the doctor says, your cholesterol, the good cholesterol is down. The bad cholesterol is up. So you got to get that reversed. For a lot of us, our bad anger is up and our good anger is down. And hopefully today, based on what I'm talking about, it can help us get the, the good anger up and the bad anger down. You know, there's some people in life, short fuse. Anybody know short fused people? Are there any short fused people in here? You know, you don't even need a match. You know, you just spontaneously combust when you get angry. It's just boom. And then there's a mess. Well, if you're one of those short fused people that fly off the handle, that anger is just about this far away for you, I want you to listen today because I'm going to give you some ways to channel that anger, that short fused anger into a direction that can be helpful. Think about your situation, your, your relationships. Anybody dealing with a short fused spouse, a short fused parent, short fused kid, maybe a short fused boss or somebody in your life is short fused and they have an anger problem. Everybody deals 
with anger. Our choice is, am I going to channel it in a good direction or am I going to channel it and allow it to go in a bad direction and cause destruction? In Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27, here's what the Bible has to say about anger. Be angry. Be angry. Well, that's good. Now, I get to be angry because the Bible says, be angry, and I'm an angry person, so good. You might be thinking, I get to be angry, but, and this is a big but, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. So this verse in Ephesians 4 is saying it's okay to be angry. It's okay to get mad. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with being mad. Throughout the Bible, it talks about even God being angry at times. It talks a lot about man being angry. So it's okay to be angry, but then there's the but. But don't sin in your anger. In other words, don't allow anger to have control over you. Don't let anger control you. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, don't live in it. Don't live in anger. Some of the most unadjusted, unhappy, bitter people, some of the most unhappy people I know are people that live in anger. They just let it stay in their life, and it never goes away. There's different angers talked about in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 4, the story of Cain and Abel is recorded. And the first murder in Scripture is there. And it's because of anger. It's because Cain had this anger against his brother. Not just any anger, but the type of anger it's talking about is jealous anger, envy anger, anger that looks and says, I don't have what you have and I want it. And this anger comes up in Cain and he kills his brother. That's flared up, jealous anger. Then there's the kind of anger that's, that's out of control fury. Jeremiah, one of the prophets in the Old Testament, experienced out of control fury. Then there's the anger that means wrath. The anger that means clenched fist and, and teeth together. There's the anger that, the kind of anger that wants to kill, the kind of anger that wants to hurt, the kind of anger that wants to destroy, the kind of anger that makes you fly off the handle and do something that you're going to regret. The Bible talks about those kinds of angers. But there's also another kind of anger, the violent passion anger. That's in the Bible too. That's, we experience violent passion when we see something, injustice or something that we know is just not right and it wells up inside of us and we just want to scream out, that is unfair. It's not right. Why does that have to happen? Like last week on the news, you saw the story about the guy that walked into the high school and ended up killing some, a student. That, that's the kind of anger that's good to look at injustice and say, that's not right. Something needs to be done about it. When I let anger, short, fused anger, enter into my life, it also says that I give the devil an opportunity. The devil. You might be at church for the first time today. Maybe you're coming back for the first time and you think, well, who's the devil? Well, there's God. Everybody's heard of him. He's pretty popular. And then 
There's this other being, Satan, the devil, Lucifer, prince of darkness, all kinds of different names. And he's on the other side. And his job is to get in between people who want to find God and God. That is Satan's job. And it says in Ephesians 4, don't give the devil an opportunity. The New Testament was originally written in ancient Greek. And sometimes the words when they're brought in English just don't grab the meaning. Well, in Greek, if you read this sentence, don't give the devil an opportunity, the literal translation would be, don't invite the devil into your life. So when I'm a short-fused, angry person who does not channel my anger in the right direction, the Bible says that that is an opportunity to bring the devil into my life. When I choose to live in anger, I'm inviting bad things into my life. When I choose to allow anger to control me, I'm inviting bad things in my life, bad relationships, bad work relationships, bad relationships at home, bad health, bad, bad, bad. When I choose to live in anger, the Bible says it's an invitation for evil to come into my life. When I'm talking about anger from a biblical perspective, there are two extremes. Anger that's on one side, the destructive, short-fused anger. The anger that, that gets you into trouble, the anger that kills marriages, the anger that destroys your life and destroys relationships. The kind of anger Jeremiah experienced in the book of Jeremiah chapter 15 when he said, he's angry when he said this. He said, I stayed by myself. I stayed by myself. He was angry and he said, I stayed by myself. See, being by yourself is okay and being angry is okay. But being by yourself and angry is not good. And you've probably done this before. When you get by yourself, when you get alone and you're angry or you're hurt or you're feeling down and you're just mad at the world and you get all by yourself, it feels a lot worse than it really is, doesn't it? When you experience anger alone, it magnifies it. And Jeremiah was making the mistake of experiencing his anger alone. He said this, I stayed by myself and I was filled with anger. Why do I keep on suffering? Why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? See, anger over here shuts people out. It even shuts out God. Wonder why you can't get over a hurt? Why you can't get past something while you can't get over something, maybe it's because you're choosing to experience it alone. Because when you're alone, it's when you start to think like Jeremiah. Why does this keep happening to me? Is this ever going to end? Why can't I get any better? Why can't I get over this? Why can't I get past it? Maybe it's because you choose to be alone. And not bring somebody else into your life that can help you deal and channel your anger in the right direction. The short-fused, destructive anger is bad. Short-fused, destructive anger is when it just goes off and it blows up and it, the lid blows off of it. 
And what happens relationally can happen to what happened between Cain and Abel. You may not go physically kill anybody, but you kill relationships. And you kill love. And you kill trust. Jealous anger is toxic. When you look at another direction and you say, why can't I be like them? Why, why can't I get the breaks they got? Why don't I get what they have? Why can't the blessings come my way the way they go their way? Well, here's the realization all of us need to come to. We need to say this to ourselves. I am me. Let's just say it out. I am me and I'm nobody else. You're you. God created you. You're you. You're not the other person. You can find people who are way better off than you. You can find people that are way worse off. But God created you to be you. And the kind of anger that builds up in people when they look around and think, I don't have that. I didn't accomplish that. I can't do that. That kind of anger is destructive and it will destroy your soul. It will cause you to be a bitter, not better person. It will lead you into a get even destructive anger mode. And when somebody hurts you, instead of just forgiving and moving on, you're going to be thinking, I'll get them. I'll get them back. I can't wait to see them get theirs. I can't wait to see them get what's coming to him. And anger will control your life. Just like it said in Ephesians 4, destructive anger will invite evil into your life. Lashing out in destructive anger is when you say things like, I don't love you anymore. Get out. This relationship is over. You're fired. You're stupid. You don't know how to do anything. You may have been the recipient of that kind of anger. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. You may be the one that gives out that kind of anger because you're angry about something and you're channeling it to something where it, where it shouldn't be. It's like a, I just bought a shock collar for a dog and it's like a spiritual shock collar. You know, you're just letting people have it because of this destructive anger that might be inside of you and it's channeled to a person or even a dog. And it's destructive and it hurts. In Acts chapter 7, there's a story about a guy named Stephen who experienced the bad, side, the bad end of destructive anger. Stephen was one of the first Christians, the first people that became a leader in the church and started speaking to people about the message of Christ. And when he did, church leaders, Jewish church leaders got upset. They didn't want to hear it. And those religious leaders were like, forget it, get this guy out of here. And it says they were enraged. In chapter 7, verse 54, it says when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. They were angry. They were mad. And they ended up having him killed because of what he said. Their destructive, short-fused, close-minded anger ended up causing Stephen to die. And people die around us all the time spiritually because they're the recipient of short-fused, destructive anger that was not channeled in the right direction. See, on this side, anger hurts. Anger kills. Anger betrays. And this kind of anger 
this destructive anger leaves scars. So is there anger that's okay? Is there anger that's all right to have? Is there some kind of anger that's, that's okay? Since the Bible says you can be angry but not sin, so what kind of anger is it? It's the kind of anger we all need to experience. It's the kind of anger that we all need to have in our life. It's the kind of anger that, that motivates us to action, that motivates us to do something. Anger is a good emotion. It's a good emotion if it's channeled in the right direction. Anger can be good. Anger can be constructive if, this is a big if, it's constructive and not destructive if we get angry at the things that anger God. If we choose to get angry at the things that anger God, we can change the world. We can change the world if we allow the things that anger God to anger us. We should pray, God, let us be angry at what angers you. Now, Jesus got really angry once. He got really ticked off. He really got mad. It's in John chapter 2. In the New Testament, there's four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell about the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 2, he came up to the temple and he got really ticked off. And he all of a sudden started turning over tables. And he started hitting people with a whip and just kicking them out. What would make Jesus start kicking priests' butt? What would make him do that? What would make him that angry? Listen in John chapter 2. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the oxen, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Why would he be that angry? I don't think he was that angry. I know he wasn't angry because they were selling things in the temple. That was okay. That's how the people bought the animals that they were going to sacrifice. What made Jesus angry is these holy people, these people of God supposedly, were getting in the way of other people who wanted to follow God. And they were getting in the way. And when Jesus saw it, it completely caused him to explode. What would happen in the temple People would come from the surrounding countries into Jerusalem to make a sacrifice to God in front of the priest. And when they would come in, they would have money from their country or their region, and they would have to exchange that for temple script so they could buy the animals for sacrifice. Well, what started happening, the priests and the money changers started saying, it's like a 1.5 exchange today. And then 1.7, and they kept going up and up and up. And these poor people from the country, these farmers come in to make their sacrifice, to buy the animals, and the priests were making a kickback off the money. They raised the exchange rate. Then people that were really poor couldn't afford a lamb, couldn't afford a goat to sacrifice. So they had to buy a dove for about a penny. And then they were jacking up the price of doves. And then they were exchanging the money and jacking up the price of that and putting it in their pocket. And when Jesus saw that, it infuriated him. Not because things were being sold, but because people were putting obstacles in the way of these people that were trying to come and do the right thing and follow God. And it made him angry. You want to get Jesus' blood boiling, God's blood boiling? It happens when people who are trying to find him get taken advantage of. 
I mean, these guys in the temple were the originators of the televangelists. You know, they kind of follow it through the centuries. I'm sure those guys became the televangelists that get on the TV and say, buy this cloth, buy this cloth and, and you'll be blessed. Buy this water, this little vial of water, and oh, blessings are going to come into your life. If Jesus were here today, he would take in a whip, and he would take in whatever army he could, and he would rip that place apart. Because those people get in the way of other people trying to follow God. It's injustice. Injustice angers God, and it should anger us. When we see homelessness, when we see Hunger, that, that should anger, anger us because it angers God. How many kids just in our area do you think would go to bed, or do you think go to bed hungry because they don't have any food, because they don't have any money to buy food? And then look at all the abundance just in our area, all the blessings, all the affluence, even in our church. And there's still homeless people Not people that are that way because of irresponsibility, but people that are that way because life just dealt them some pretty bad blows. And they need help. And that should anger us because it angers God. When people with don't help people without. We can change the world with what we have. I was at a conference a few months ago and I heard a speaker say, that for the first time in history, there's enough money to wipe out poverty. There's enough surplus and enough cash to the, where there should not be hungry people. There should not be homeless people. It exists today for the first time in history. If you took all the hundreds of thousands of churches in the United States and you said, send your checks in, all the money you have, send it into one bank. And all the churches in the country sent all their money into one bank. Listen how it's divided up. 80% of all that money, all that billions and billions of dollars, 80% brick and mortar. That's where 80% of it goes. Then when it comes down, you know, it's money spent on different things. And then when it comes down to helping the poor, helping people who can't help themselves, helping people who are desperate, helping people who are hurt, when it comes to the amount of money churches on average spend on that, it's 1%. Actually, it's just a little bit less than 1%. So that kind of anger that God has toward injustice, towards when people don't help people that are trying to find Christ, that kind of anger, that's a good kind of anger. That should infuriate us. That should, we should channel our short-fused anger into something that angers God. It's also good when anger drives people to Christ. You know, there's a lot of people that live over here with anger because maybe something bad happened in their life and they just don't understand why and they just want to, they, they, they just don't get it and they, they, don't, they don't enjoy life because something bad happened. And when something bad happens, it can either drive people into bitterness and anger or it can drive people towards the comfort of Christ. So anger is a good thing when people think, why did this happen to me? But then the choice is, am I going to let it be destructive and destroy my life? Or am I going to let it lead to the comfort of Christ? The point is this. You need to get angry. God wants you to get angry. 
but he wants it to be in the right direction. Because over here, anger leads to regret. Anger leads to hurt, and it's destructive. But anger over here leads to action, and it leads to a changed world. When our anger is on this side, when it's constructive, when we say, I'm not going to allow it into my life, I'm going to allow it to motivate my life to do something, to make a change, to make a difference. So, destructive anger or constructive anger? You make the call.